The Things We All Carry is a podcast about first responders and their stories surrounding trauma on the job. The intention of this podcast is to raise awareness and share meaningful conversation around a subject often viewed as taboo or simply ignored. Be aware this content may be graphic and it is real. It may not be suitable for children or adults triggered by this subject matter. Welcome to a bonus episode of The Things We All Carry. I recently had a phone call and discussion with John from Rescue One CBD. John is a firefighter in South Florida and the founder and owner of Rescue One CBD. He is on a mission, as his bio says, to improve our first responders' sleep, mental health, and to cut back on the amount of medications required to do those things. John and I spent about an hour talking CBD, his company's purpose, the process they use, the guarantee he offers, and the benefits of CBD. A quick reminder to please help us build a community which not only recognizes but supports each other through the struggles and recovery. Reach out through Instagram at the things we all carry or email my story at the things we all to offer support and share your story. Please remember to leave a review on iTunes and give a shout out to any first responder you know, love, or care about. Y'all enjoy the show. So if you're ready to go, we can just, I guess we'll dive into it. I'm going to make as many edits as necessary. So if we screw up, it's okay. Okay. Yeah, no worries. I'm going to hit record here. So I'm going live. There you go. All right. Joining me today is John out of Rescue One CBD. He's a firefighter. It's a firefighter owned CBD company. And I'd like to let him introduce himself and maybe give a, a little personal and professional background. And then we'll get into some questions. How you doing, John? Good stack. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. So. John Vogt, firefighter in South Florida on the job for 13 years. I'm the founder and owner of Rescue One CBD, or CBD brand that's made for firefighters. Obviously, everybody always has the question of the benefits of CBD, but also if it makes you fail a drug test. So we have created this brand to make sure that we create a CBD product that has 0.000% THC or zero parts per billion. If you want to math that one out of THC so that it's safe for the job. So that's what we do. What about your personal history? You grew up in Florida? Uh, yeah. Born and raised in Florida. I'm one of the few people that lives in South Florida who's actually from South Florida. Funny. But my great, my, my grandparents are actually from Florida. They still live here. And so I, I lived here my whole life. My mom got into the fire service when I was 13 and I saw her basically going through EMT, paramedic and fire school when she had four kids working at night, going to school during the day. And I could not at that age fathom how the hell that she wanted to do something so bad. And I was like, this job must be pretty cool. So I got into the Explorer program when I was 15 and it's all history after that. And I got hired to the same department and I was an explorer. And now I currently run the Explorer program in addition to a rescue one. So that's my way of giving back to the department. I love that program. I love being around youth that have an interest in the fire service and kind of fostering that. 13 years of this place has been awesome. I absolutely am blessed to work in this department. They take really good care of us and they, it's a great place to work, good people. Yeah, it's been a great ride so far. And this company is the cherry on top. If I say there's two things that have really 
made my career. It's the Explore program and this brand for sure. Those are my two favorite things I've done. That's awesome. With Rescue One CBD, you mentioned that it's that there's no chance of the THC in your CBD. Not when we sell it. We actually have had problems where we've had THC in the batch and we've just destroyed the whole batch because naturally there's THC in the hemp plant. It's an extremely small amount, but it's in there. So our job is to filter it out. We lab tested so many times during the manufacturing. Sometimes it's, it's a recipe. If you're making something in the kitchen and you realize it sucks, you throw the whole thing away to start over. That's what we've done before. It's tedious, it's expensive, it's a pain in the neck, and it's absolutely necessary sometimes. Luckily, it's only happened once, but it was a really huge pain in the neck for us and it caused some serious delays to our customers. But we have had that, but we will not ship anything until it's been lab tested three separate times at three different phases of our manufacturing and bottling process. So we eliminate all possibility of shipping a product with THC in it. So before we get too deep into that, let's, let me ask simply, why'd you decide to do the company? On a personal level, I had really gnarly foot surgery. I had a fusion of my left ankle, which is a very significant, and I had to take opiates for two months. And man, I know anybody that's listening to this, that's had to take opiates for that long or any length of time really can completely understand that it's really difficult thing to do for your mental psyche as well as your physical health stuff's terrible for you but it ruined my sleep and discovering cbd and seeing how it can help with sleep and figuring that every firefighter could probably use this not even if you're prescribed opiates or anything like that but just the way we standard are standard for just our quality of life and our shift schedule i knew that this was something that the fire service absolutely had to have and benefit from so it, it was a personal reason that turned into a business venture. I'm not a businessman. I didn't go to school for a, I didn't even have a top college degree. I just, I knew that I knew that the fire service had to have this. I kept trying to find one, a brand that was made for firefighters that, that took all of the care that needed to happen to have this safe for the job. And there was just nobody. So I just decided how I would want to trust a product and all the things that would need to happen. And uh, I did it. I did actually work for another CBD company when I was getting this started. Cause I have, I've taught myself some like e-commerce stuff and selling stuff on websites and Amazon and whatever. So I worked for this other company, so I knew the industry a little bit, but I taught myself the rest without being too long-winded. That's basically what it was. I knew that this stuff was very beneficial to, I knew the industry a little bit, but I didn't know that much. And I knew that there was nothing out there that was simply for firefighters. And I just, I wanted to change that. Yeah, here we are. So how many years again has it been in, in business? Rescue one is two years. Nice. Yeah. yeah that's a yeah, good shot. It, it is. How has it been re received by our community? Amazing. It's really crazy that uh, I uh, honestly stack. I didn't even think I was going to be able to give this stuff away when I started. I was like, I'll try it, but nobody's going to trust that, uh, that this stuff really is beneficial or that it's safe for the job or anything. So I just tried to make it overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly assure people that this is safe for the job by lab testing it three times, putting the QR code of the lab test on there, the final. We send drug test kits out with every single order so people can test themselves with actually every bottle. So if you order four bottles, you get four, four uh, drug tests. And I think with all of that combined, people look at it and say, I can see for myself that this stuff works and see for myself that I'm passing drug tests. 
And it's the same sensitivity that the DOT uses, which is what fire departments use. So at that sensitivity level, I'm still passing drug tests and, and it's from a, it's from a guy who's on the job who uses the stuff, who's been, who's been there and done that kind of thing. Um, so it has been received really well. I know that there are a lot of people out there that are still really hesitant. And there are people that are very forward with me that think that this stuff is a gateway to marijuana and marijuana is terrible for the job and that people are dope heads if they want to use it and they shouldn't, and they have no business being firefighters. They don't believe in any of the benefits, medicinal or otherwise. And um, honestly, that's just archaic thinking and very small-minded in my opinion. I'm sorry if, if anybody disagrees with that, but that's, that's my two cents on it. But overall, yeah, man, it's been very well received. We go to FDIC every year and the booth is always packed and people are interested. This, um, this argument or this statement you just made about CBD being a gateway to marijuana is it, I, I can't, I, I have to laugh. I'm just like, no, yep. just when it's not a gateway to anything else. What we're trying to do is talk about a, a medicine that prevents a gateway Absolutely. as as a typical firefighter does, the first thing you turn to is alcohol. And then for pain, it's obvious an opiate and, and with CBD or we can go a little more taboo and maybe that's the word to say with THC, those aren't going to, those aren't going to have anywhere near the effect of alcohol or a painkiller. Yeah. And I tell everybody, I am very pro THC. I think that marijuana has its place in, in the mainstream as a medicinal compound. And I think that if we would just simply look at it as that, instead of the whole reefer madness style of people just getting high and just wanting to be high all day for the purpose of being high, we could potentially look past it. It's very odd to me, but I, the only reason that I am so against THC in our products is not because I don't believe in the benefits of THC. I very well do. I've read the research myself, but it's because I know how fire departments drug test. It's not accepted. And if I want to make a product that is safe for the job, I can't have THC in it. I don't demonize THC whatsoever. I think that it's the future. I think CBD is the future also. And both of those compounds are very different and they do very different things. So we can't, in my opinion, we can't live in a world as firefighters where we only use THC and we don't use CBD. And I would like to not live in a world where we where we only use CBD and we don't use THC. I believe we should have both for different reasons. CBD is a great anti-inflammatory. THC over the long term can actually have a negative effect on sleep, but CBD can correct that. So they work harmoniously. There's a reason they're together in the same plant. You know what I mean? I was going to say, there's a reason they're synergistic. Exactly. And super weird, but it's not weird at all, actually, but it's interesting. The endocannabinoid system which is what THC and CBD work on in your body, bioreceptor site is the largest system in your body. You know, it rivals your nervous system. So the only way to stimulate your endocannabinoid system is to use or ingest cannabinoids. And it just blows my mind to think about that because this is something the endocannabinoid system wasn't even discovered until in the last few decades. We've been living for how long without uh, stimulation of this huge system in our body that they have discovered regulates homeostasis. And it just blows my mind to think what we could have potentially avoided or what we're missing out on by just utterly neglecting this system. Think about if we just discovered our immune system 30 years ago 
And we realized that all of the things that we're supposed to be feeding our immune system, we have made illegal. What is our normal life expectancy supposed to be? You know what I mean? It's just like, it's crazy. So I'm really excited to see the future and see what happens with health and wellness just for humans in general, but yeah, specifically. So basic, what is CBD? CBD is a molecule. It's found in the hemp plant, in any cannabis plant, but it's found, we use it from the hemp plant and it stands for cannabidiol. It's one of over a hundred different compounds found in the hemp plant. And there are other cannabinoids like THC that CBD is related to. CBD is non-intoxicant. So in hemp, CBD is really prominent. The majority of the hemp plant's compounds are CBD and the majority of the marijuana plant compounds are THC. So they're like polar opposites. Like marijuana is very high in THC and very low in CBD. And hemp is flipped. It's very high in CBD, very low in THC. Those two things have different effects. Hemp is not intoxicating at all and marijuana is. So when the CBD was isolated and it started to get used in research and things like that, they would notice that it had more of a calming effect, an anti-anxiety effect, an effect on sleep to promote longer REM sleep. And it was a potent anti-inflammatory. So. They found out all the pathways that it used to make these things happen. And they saw, they, they found the endocannabinoid system. So CBD is just this molecule that's really prevalent in the hemp plant that attaches to your endocannabinoid system to create an effect. And it basically, once it attaches to your endocannabinoid system, it makes this waterfall, this cascade of different effects that happen, many different organs it attaches in your gut on your immune system and it reduces inflammation via your immune system and it promotes homeostasis when it starts to release all these different hormones. I'm really oversimplifying it. One, because I am a fireman and not a neurologist. And two, because I've had to educate myself on this stuff. And whenever I try to explain it in terms that it's written in, it's way over the top. Just to make things simple, it's really just, it's not a miracle. It's not this cure-all. It's just a molecule that has a very specific effect. And when you read about the pathways that it affects, it's really not this over-the-top thing. It's actually quite simple. It's just that it, it, it lands on your endocannabinoid system, which affects a lot of different organs. So what's your discussion been like? Cause I know I've, I sat down, I don't know, I don't know. It's been a couple of years now. I sat down with our fire chief at the time and I, I asked about CBD and I was flat out told, oh, you can't have that here because we don't need people driving around stoned or intoxicated. And I said, wait a second. I said, come on now. You don't even know what we're talking about. So when I talked to him, I realized, okay, we need to start at this kindergarten level and we need to break it down for him and for these, I playfully termed them dinosaurs. Just And that's just a playful term because they're just not up to date with what this is. And it was a stepping, it was a start it was just to say, all right, CBD doesn't get you stoned. It doesn't intoxicate you. It doesn't impair your driving. And it is legal in all 50 states. It's federal, federally legal in all 50 states. Correct. And so what's your discussion been like with chiefs or as you travel around the, the country, say to FDIC? It's been 50-50. So some chiefs are, they go as far as to create policies that specifically allow CBD. We're, and I've also had chiefs that, that, that will come to my booth in FDIC just to argue with me. <laughs> Not argue, but they try to, they try to 
basically say that there's no way to make this safe, that guys are going to fail drug tests, that I'm being irresponsible with how bringing this product into a job that we need to have, have the public depend on us. And I hear that argument and I understand it. I really do. I'm very anti-intoxication on the job, which I think we all should be. Nobody signed up for this going, I think we should allow people to be high at work. I don't want somebody being drunk at work. I don't want somebody being intoxicated at work. I just want to treat CBD just like alcohol is treated. Make sure that, I'm sorry, THC. In that respect, we know CBD doesn't cause intoxication. There's studies where people were given high doses of CBD and had them behind the wheel and they do not show any signs of impairment. So my conversation around the country has been more research-based and try to just show some of the facts. I believe that there are a lot of chiefs that are really receptive to that. And some of them um, were skeptical to start and actually ended up being very receptive. But I think the, the most important thing that we can do for CBD or THC is be patient because we have to remember something. We've done this to ourselves, this stigma, the culture that we've bred, this has been brewing for decades, man. We have all the way back since the days of reefer madness. And who's that dude that owned newspapers? He started this whole thing. I always forget his name. Hearst. Yeah. William Randolph Hearst. Yeah. It, William Randolph Hearst in coordination with Harry Onslinger. If you read this, if you read the whole purpose of the campaign behind William Randolph Hearst and the newspaper industry, how that went through this guy is the best marketer of all time because he made this message god knows how many decades ago and it's still ringing around today that that marijuana is this demonized thing that's going to infest the children of america and ruin culture ever soon whatever else whatever nonsense they're stealing all the while america had an alcohol problem yeah it's really interesting to look at it from that perspective and not even in a conspiracy theory way but in an appreciation of history because it, none of what we're saying is, is theoretical. It's all, it's just history. It's there. So with that, knowing that that's been the culture for a long time and that this is the stuff that we all grew up around, we haven't been told anything else or understood anything else. I try to just be patient. And when someone wants to have a conversation that's very critical of CBD or cannabis or THC or whatever their prejudice is, I, I get it. I totally understand. It's not, that doesn't mean it's correct. I just try to explain to them facts. I try to talk to them about some of the benefits, the medicinal research that's been done and just try to put it into relative terms. Hey, are we allowed to drink alcohol? Yes. Why can't we just regulate this like alcohol? What's the difference? And I think it spins some wheels. If nothing else, it makes good conversation, but it can honestly go all the way to the point where they want to create a CBD policy. And that's actually something that we started doing, which I'm really happy to say. My sister, Kim works with us at Rescue One and she is a political science major and she specializes in policy writing. No idea how anybody gets interested in policy, but she does <laughs> and she loves it. That was like her passion. And so she, she has been working with fire departments all over the country, providing recommendations on policy based on what other people have done successfully. And obviously like she's not a lawyer and nothing that she's saying is legal advice, but it's really interesting to, to see a language that's not successful. Let's say New York city fire department has CBD policy and they have, it's successful. They're like, Hey, we're taking this, we're using this all public record. We're using some of this stuff. 
check this out. And it has created a, a really cool movement where some departments are even doing studies with this stuff. I know this is a really long answer, but the conversation is really the most important thing for us. My conversation has been huge, both, both positive and progressive for taking something that's just a seed of an idea and starting to move it into something that's really big. It's funny because when a few years ago, when I started discussing THC or discussing weed, and there's a few of us at work that would discuss it openly. And we were pushing for, we were pushing for reform. We were pushing for an openness to THC, dropping it from a drug Mm -hmm. test and making some common sense changes. And when we started talking this, you would hear it from left to right. Hey, what are you doing? Stop it. This is never going to happen. You shouldn't even talk about this stuff because nobody wants it at work. Nobody's, it's never going to change. You're wasting your time. So it ran the gamut from ridicule to in some cases, anger, because they were just like, this is stupid. Stop. It's a waste of time. And I was like, it's, it's, it's my time. I, if I waste it, I waste it, whatever. So a few of us would always talk about it. And then it progressed on and Virginia became with it became a medical marijuana state. Then it became a, a recreational legal. We still don't have an arm for buying recreationally, but at least recreational use is legal for a certain amount. And then the biggest thing that we got in the state of Virginia was employee protection for THC use. So you can't be fired for testing positive for use of marijuana. You can, there's still things put in place for impairment on the job, but you can't be fired for your use outside of work. And that's where it came into play for my department because we did have someone test positive and they had a medical card and excuse me, I misspoke. You can't be, you can't be fired for use of medical marijuana. So if you have a card, you're covered by the employee protection. And we did have somebody who popped positive and the county attorney's like, nope, we can't fire him. And much to their consternation to the chiefs who really wanted to fire them, he, they couldn't fire him and it forced a change in our drug policy. And now THC is out of our drug screen. So in our yearly physical and we, it doesn't matter. We can use the only stipulation is because, because of the no smoking policy we signed, we we're not supposed to smoke pot, but we can use THC in any manner we want other than that. But we don't use on, we don't use on the job. We don't use before you come into work. Those are the most obvious things we, and, course, and right. there's a system set up for testing for impairment. So I guess my, that's a long-winded answer to the whole part of, yeah, let's keep the conversation going because conversation does help. Absolutely. What was our conversation to just kept in, just kept it in the forefront, you know? And so my fire chief comes around the stations fairly often, like sits down, has a cup of coffee with the crews and just tries to talk a little bit. A lot of it is shop talk, but sometimes he tries to just be personal and which I appreciate. I like that. I think that's good. And uh, he came by the station and there was, my station has 10 people. He's sitting down and there's 10 of us around this huge table. And uh, we talked about a local fire department in my county that just allowed, that just dropped THC from their, from their testing. This is starting to happen in South Florida. I won't give it away, but I know what county you're talking about. I won't give it away. (laughs) Yeah. There's actually that stack. That might be a trick question because there are three counties now. Uh, I might be behind the times then. I'm sorry. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's very interesting. I think we've talked about one of them at least. Yes. We did talk about that one, but this is very new. Okay. There was a city within my county that dropped THC testing. Very small fire department. It's only five stations, oh. but they, yeah, they dropped THC from it. And my fire chief had mentioned because they also, they went to a, as part of their contract, they went to a 24 72 schedule. Oh, all right. We're going to have to talk because I might have to apply to the this department. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. 
Yeah. So they, they went to a 24 sentencing schedule and uh, my fire chief said, I find it interesting. They went to that schedule and I said, do you know what I find interesting? They're allowed to use marijuana. And he chuckled and everybody at the table, like gave me this look and everybody knows I'd run the CBD brand. My fire chief knows him and I've spoken at length about it. And uh, he, to his credit, man, he absolutely had a great conversation at the table with all 10 of us. He was, he just listened. He gave really great points. It was good. But um, one thing that I brought up was exactly what you were saying about Virginia. And I think everybody listening needs to pay very close attention to this because anyone working for a fire department that says my department will never allow THC use or even CBD use, just remember this. The city of New York, Virginia, the whole state, as well as New Jersey, have now imposed that local first responder agencies uh, are not allowed to discriminate against people for failing a drug test. So it doesn't matter. And it specifically states, at least in New Jersey, that your collective bargaining agreement cannot overrule state law. So this is coming from the attorney general of the state that basically says, hey, you're doing this, whether you like it or not. So if you were, if I was a chief and I saw this coming in a state, any state that has marijuana recreationally legal is at, it has a potential for having this happen. I'm not a lawyer, but this is what's, what keeps happening. And then the fire chiefs all have to run around with their hair on fire and wonder how the hell are we going to enforce this? What do we do for policy? So I said to my chief at the table, I was like, hey, chief, look what's happening. FDNY just dropped the policy on top of everybody's head. It came out of left field. I have two friends that work for the New York City Fire Department. Both of them told me that this happened very quickly. Nobody was ready for it at an administrative level. And so it's very confusing. I said, if we have the tools and the technology to regulate this, just to regulate marijuana or CBD, just like alcohol, even though CBD is not intoxicating, but they, that's a different topic. If we have the ability to prove that someone's not intoxicated from any kind of cannabis, why, why aren't we using it now? Take note of what's happening, get the policies in place, get be forward thinking, because at some point, if the attorney general comes to you and says, it doesn't matter what you think, you're going to do this period, end of story. You're going to be behind the eight ball. If you're just burying your head in the sand and saying, this is never going to happen. What's ironic? You know what I mean? It, well, yeah, oh, I know exactly what you mean. It's because it's ironic you say that because two years ago, roughly, a coworker and a buddy of mine, and I'll give him a shout out because sometimes he listens to the show, sometimes he doesn't, but his name's AJ. He and I were sat with the fire chief and we said, listen, you have to get ahead of this. If you write a policy now and you're ready to go, you will be the most, you'll have one of the most progressive stances in the state. And not only is it, will it be good for the those of us that are here now, but it's an, it'll attract recruits here because they'll say, wait a second, that they're forward thinking. They've already done this where, trust me, this department hasn't been forward thinking in anything. If anything, we take steps backwards more often than we take steps forward. And, and the department itself wasn't forward thinking on this. It was the county attorney that was forward thinking on this. So kudos to them. The fire department just swallowed their medicine and took their lumps and decided they would play ball. Yeah. Because they had to play ball because of this, because it wasn't even there. It wasn't even their field anymore. It's keeps happening. So yes, keep the conversation going. And, and, and in my opinion, let's not stop there because, it, and you know me well, you know me well enough. You've seen all my stuff that is right. as soon as we got TAC cleared, I was right on to, all right, now let's talk psychedelics because we need the real medicine as well. 
So I won't get on that soapbox. Yeah. Everyone knows my feelings on that. And I'll do another show based on that with somebody else. But all right. So we know what CBD is. We know how it's related to THC. And we talked about legality some. But let's then talk more about your process because it sounds like you've got a pretty specific process for how you get your product in and out out of the door. Yes. Yeah. Without boring people, but this is the most important thing that we do. And it's the thing we're most proud of. The number that we will live and die by is 0.000%. So if you do the math for a 30 milliliter bottle to have 0.000% of anything by weight in there is zero parts per billion. So when we say we have 0.000% THC in the bottle, and that's zero parts per billion, that's extremely important because the drug testing that we do for the fire department looks for nanograms of THC. Nanograms, and okay. Nanograms, extremely tiny. That is very sensitive. It's so sensitive that the dipstick that they use for your analysis, they can't trust it if it shows up as a positive. That's not the definitive test. If you get a positive test on that, um, they have to send it off to a lab just to confirm because things like high doses of ibuprofen can cause a failed THC drug test for a dipstick. And they don't want to get somebody jammed up because they took 800 milligrams of ibuprofen the night before, something like that. Our process makes sure that there is zero nanograms of THC in the entire bottle because our thought is, my thought is, I want somebody to be able to drink this entire bottle and not fail a drug test. And I don't recommend that. It'd be pretty gross, I think, if you basically just drink 30 milliliters of oil, but uh, your stomach wouldn't be happy. But that's how safe I want it to be, is that if we're looking for 50 nanograms, that's the cutoff for our drug test. If we're looking for 50 nanograms in THC, I don't even want one nanogram in the whole damn. That's how small of a number that I'm looking at. So I figured... A ton of people would probably be doing this. Zero nanograms of THC in the bottle. When I started scouring the United States for hemp farms and farmers and families that would grow hemp, I needed to find somebody that started off with a small uh, level of THC to start. That way they can filter it out and with a good process and that would test to that level. And you would not believe how difficult this is. First of all, testing down to parts per billion is only is something only a handful of labs in the United States do, and only several more in the world do. It's extremely expensive. It's very hard to do. The machinery has to be calibrated constantly. And you actually have to have a certification from the DEA to have that, to have that sensitivity. So this isn't, you bought a really nice piece of equipment on Amazon and you just throw it in your garage and you can test whenever you want. It's constantly, from what I understand, constantly an issue of maintenance. So. What we do is we start off with a low amount of THC in the hemp um, so that it's been bred to have low THC. It gets refined so that THC is taken out and we lab test it the first time while it's getting made to make sure that while the process of extraction is happening, we have a no THC in there. That's the first time. The second time it gets tested is when all of the product has been extracted and it's in one big vat. We test it then for the second time and make sure that at manufacturing, there is zero parts per billion of THC. Then we bottle it. And then that one bottle gets sent off to an independent laboratory that has nothing to do with our brand. And we make sure that lab test comes back as the same as ours. Just to make sure, God forbid, 
there was something wrong with our lab equipment that it's being double checked by somebody who's independent. So we're looking at it as meticulously as we can, and we're actually double checking ourselves. On top of that, we use two different laboratories and we alternate them. One lab that we would use very frequently was Kate there nationwide lab, their DEA lab. Um, another one we would use is Minova. And another lab we would use is Eurofins. Sometimes we even use this lab called Badger, but there are, there, there are very few labs that test down to that zero parts per billion. And we'll rotate them through these other labs just to make sure that they are actually correct. So I've done a ton of research on other CBD brands. I don't know of anybody that tests to this level, um, that, that spends the time and money that we do and is so obsessive about laboratory testing because besides just the THC, which is the most important thing, hemp is a sponge for all kinds of contaminants. So you get heavy metals in there, you get solvents in there. If there was ever any kind of runoff into that area where the hemp is growing, it'll pull out whatever like toxins are in the ground into the hemp plant, notoriously heavy metals like lead. We do a full panel and make sure none of that stuff's in there. And the hemp that we grow in Colorado, the farm that we use is it's USDA organic hemp, which is a really hard certification to get for hemp because with all the stuff that grows around it, you have to trim the stuff by hand. So that means that they're really uh, diligent and hardworking at the ground level. That's our process. I know it's a long explanation, but People should know when we say zero THC, we mean 0.000%, not 0.01 or 001. We want to see three zeros after that decimal because that means zero nanograms in the, uh, in, in the bottle. And that's what has to be every time. Yeah. I know that when, uh, for the last year or so, it actually, I don't know, year and a half, I, I suppose when someone's asked, Hey, do you know, do you know anything reputable that I can use? that's going to guarantee me to be clean. And my, the first answer for me has been rescue one, it, just because I read what you were doing and we have talked and we've gone back and forth via messenger about it. And the way you have it set up is it is the safest thing that I've seen out there for firefighters that are, that can't test positive for any amount of THC. Yeah. There, there are other brands out there. Sure. You can take a risk, but there's minuscule amounts of THC in there and they can build up and it can. And if there's yeah. that, if there's that amount and they're not as fastidious about testing as you are, then you're taking a risk anyway. Yeah. That's the hard part. I, I have some favorite brands of CBD out there. I think Charlotte's web is probably some of the highest quality, not the highest quality out there. Medterra. Charlotte's Web was amazing. my Charlotte's Web was my first CBD oil to ever try, and it's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. They are, they are. But the thing about Charlotte's Web is they do not guarantee THC free. And if you look on their website, they have a THC free product. There's a little asterisk, and it says THC free means that it has up to 0.02 percent THC by weight. So. If you have a thousand milligram bottle of THC of a CBD oil, it could have up to 0 0.02 milligrams of THC in there. You know what I mean? So I just, it's a, it's just a different standard. They consider that THC free. I consider THC free to where when we're testing down the parts per billion, I can't see anything. So it's, a, it's just, it's a different, it's a different thing to look at in an industry that isn't regulated. They don't have to abide by a certain number when they say THC free, they can put whatever they want on there. And I'm glad you give us a shout out. I really appreciate it. I, I, we have a lot of firefighters in Canada that reach out to us. Unfortunately, we can't ship to Canada because the hemp laws are very strict. Moving hemp products from the United States up north across the border. So we don't, but 
I always tell our Canadian brothers and sisters, hey, if you find a brand that you think is something you want us to check out, send it to me. I'll go through it. I'll look at their lab tests. I'll check out their lab because the lab is where the metal kind of meets the meat here. And if you go through and you can see that they're an ISO accredited lab, that their lab test is recent, then they're more reputable. I can't say that they did it for your specific batch, this lab test, but it does look like they, they do their due diligence. I haven't found many. They send me stuff and I'm like, Hey, this still has 0.01% THC in it, or this brand doesn't even make their lab tests public. There's all these like really crazy workarounds that brands will try to use to save money because the stuff is expensive. It's hard equipment to keep maintained and it's hard, it's hard to stay on top of lab testing consistently and make a product that's at the same level every time. So people, if they're not regulated, they'll, they'll buck the system for sure. You mentioned that every time you send a bottle out the door, you send a test. Yeah. How is that not breaking your bank? The little lab tests are actually really cheap. Okay. Are they? I'll tell, I'll, yeah. I'll tell people the ones we buy, we buy them in bulk from the manufacturer, but you can actually get them on Amazon. The brand is called easy at home. They're a really reliable company and they have it. They have a 50 nanogram cutoff for THC and it's the metabolites of THC that they're testing for, but they have a 50 nanogram cutoff and that's the same cutoff that, that is used for the fire department. So if you're using a CBD product and you're like unsure if you're testing positive or not. That's, that's what we always recommend to use, but on Amazon, you can get them for less than a dollar a test. Oh, I didn't realize that. Nice. Oh yeah. So we buy them, we buy them like a couple of thousand at a time, but you can get like 50 packs on Amazon for 30 bucks, 30 bucks. Yeah. All right. There you go. I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes and people can have, can find it and yeah. have some access, but better yet, just if they're wanting their CBD and they want to test with it, buy from yeah. you. Yeah, easy at home. And I tell people, I still, even after all of this, I'll still test myself every week so I can be the canary in the coal mine. You know what I mean? Like I want to, I, I very firmly believe that people should be backing up their own products. That's what I do. And we've been in business for two years. We've had thousands of firefighters use our products. We're constantly getting back these you know, feedback from these analysis and stuff. And people are just, they're stoked. Dude, text us. Hey, I just passed one. Hey, I took a random at work. I passed it. Sometimes people just leave a review on, on the page and they talk about how they were nervous because they went in for a drug test and they passed it and they were like really excited and they are subscribers. It just, it's cool. I saw it for myself work and I, I just, I think it's awesome that other people are starting to see it too. And they share that experience. It makes me feel good, but it is, it is something that, that makes people nervous and I understand. But when you understand a little bit about how we make it, I hope that relieves some of the anxiety, if not makes it go away completely. Well, now that we're doing relieving some of that anxiety, let's talk about just that anxiety. <laughs> what are some of the things that you're suggesting people use CBD for? And, or not that you're suggesting, what are some of the things that are effective use of yeah. CBD? Research has shown, yeah. So it's a, the FDA gets really squirrely when you start saying what CBD is used for because they do not want CBD to be considered a cure, treatment, or prevention of any kind of disease or illness. That's my FDA disclaimer. Director, if you're listening, I said it. <laughs> so it's all good. The, the, what I like to do is point people towards research and the doses of CBD and what those specific doses help with. There are studies that show CBD relieves anxiety. There are studies that show that CBD improves REM sleep. And there's a mountain of research that shows CBD reduces inflammation, specifically 
if you guys really want to go in deep and nerd out on it, it, it balances out oxidative stress. By definition, CBD is technically an antioxidant. You know, your body is constantly bombarded with oxidation. And if it has too many oxidants and not enough antioxidants, it's out of whack, right? Picture a little scale. So antioxidants are really high up and there's no antioxidants. That's right. Really tilted. Then your body is in a state of what's called oxidative stress. And oxidative stress is just another word for constant inflammation or chronic inflammation. This has all kinds of implications on long-term disease processes like cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, diabetes, and a lot of these things contribute to autoimmune diseases. What I mean is just inflammation, a lot of inflammation. So CBD reduces oxidative stress and there's a really specific pathway where it does that. If you Google CBD and oxidative stress, you can dive in deep, like a, like on a pharmacokinetic level of all the processes in the body that, that CBD affects to reduce that. We won't get into that here. That's, a, that's an entire episode or no. So, and probably something the neurologist should talk about, but the, that's to me is the most important thing. It's reducing inflammation. I love the idea that it helps with sleep. I love the idea that it potentially helps with anxiety, but inflammation, I think reduces our lifespan just in the same way that sleep does. And it's a, it's a silent killer that, that we don't pay attention to. When we're up at night, when we get blue light into our eyes, anytime after 10 PM, from what sleep experts will say, 10 PM is the danger zone, 10 PM and beyond until sunrise. We shouldn't be looking at screens. We shouldn't have any blue light. When you think about what we do on shift and get all that light into our eyes at the times when we're not supposed to have it, that light is actually what's really screwing us up. Being awake and having that light in our eyes. We can't stop that. And if we can't stop the calls from coming in, then we signed up for it. What do we do to combat it? Eat right? Try to live a healthy lifestyle. Try to limit your crappy food intake or eliminate your crappy food intake and supplement. A lot of omegas help reduce cortisol, that, that stress hormone and CBD reduces cortisol. CBD helps with oxidative stress or is research too, I should say. With REM sleep, in addition, it, it's really interesting. You listen to, you ever heard of Andrew Huberman or Huberman? Oh yeah. Huberman lab. That guy is the man. Yeah. Especially anything circadian rhythm or sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's how I, that's how I got onto it. He did a really cool podcast episode with this guy named Matt Walker, Dr. Walker. Yeah. I know Dr. Walker. I've read some of his stuff. Yeah, why we sleep. Yep. Amazing book. But Dr. Walker talks specifically about CBD on that episode. And he mentions it a little bit in why we sleep. But Dr. Walker is who finally answered my question as to why CBD causes vivid dreams. And okay. It long story short, it's basically because you've been sleeping really crappy before. CBD corrects your sleep and all of a sudden your body's flooded with dreams because you're getting into deeper REM sleep than you've been in, in a while. Kind of wild, but it's, it's interesting what he said that CBD does to REM sleep. It lowers your body temperature a little bit, slightly, which helps you get into REM sleep. It quiets down a portion of your brain that deals with, and it seems to have an effect on some of your sleep hormones. So with those things combined, taking it before you go to bed and the fact that it lasts about six hours in your body, it's, it's like a natural way to help potentially improve your sleep. And it's amazing that you can do this. Without any intoxication, without any risk of dependency, the World Health Organization said this stuff is not at risk for causing addiction. It doesn't work on that center of your brain. You can't overdose on it by any realistic amount. If you drank three liters of this stuff, uh, you could potentially hurt your liver, but I don't know if yeah, I, could good tolerate luck. that. They'd throw it all up. Good luck getting that <laughs> down. Yeah, it's one of them. But yeah, they, they did it in rats and rats like 
in extremely high doses, it showed some liver problems if you like inject it into your veins. I don't even know if that's practical for humans, but regardless, it's super safe, even in extremely high doses. They give this stuff to kids as a medication. It's actually an FDA medication called Epidiolex for seizures. Pretty crazy. So there's a range of things that they're researching it for. And we could go into all of them and, and they're just two small studies. Every time somebody asks me, what is the main thing? Where are the main things that CBD helps with? I always tell them mood, sleep, inflammation. Perfect. And that's really, those are the big three. And there's a lot of research behind those uh, double blind studies done by university all over the world. Not somebody has a preliminary thing in a Petri dish. It's in humans and double blind studies done by universities and doctors. It's really impressive. I think that, that adding CBD to your regime is a great idea. I'm a big proponent of it. I'm a proponent of THC, as I've already said, and everybody knows that who anybody's listening to the show knows that. So a big proponent of adding it to your, basically your diet, we'll put it that way. That's the easiest way to say it. However, it can only undo so much damage. And so until we're taking care of all the other parts, it works in, 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 again, I'll use the word synergistic because if we're still, if we're still pounding beers, if we're still, if we're still just, we're killing our sleep on our off duty hours, or if we're, I don't know, you're just not exercising, you're eating like shit. CBD is not going to make a difference. That's right. Exactly. So I want to caution people is okay. It's not, you, if you're doing all those other things, why bother with CBD? So if you want to, if you want to take some care of yourself, it's perfect. This is a great addition to taking care of yourself, but let's fucking take care of ourselves in all around. Yeah, that's right. And it's the same thing. Like people that take that have diabetes and they take insulin and eat chocolate cake right after. Exactly. You're not taking the insulin to allow you the freedom to eat whatever you want. You know what I mean? It's you got into this situation from your diet in the first place. It's some people, obviously people born with type one diabetes, they didn't do it to themselves, but for type two, like type 2 diabetes or, or cholesterol, I guess would be a better example. If you ate to the point where your cholesterol went to elevated and that's, okay, I'm going to take a cholesterol pill so I can continue eating whatever I want. I'll dial back the, that's what the conventional medicine, which even that's arguable. The examples I'm given, maybe easier to see if you just, if you just look at it, don't take a medication or a supplement or anything just for the freedom to destroy your body. You right. Be, like you said, just actually take care of yourself. Don't, yeah, you're not taking CBD and then pounding beers or staying up all night and abusing yourself in other ways. Take care of yourself. Yeah. And it goes back to what you said at the beginning. This isn't magic. It's a molecule right. that, that helps with certain things. It's not going to be, it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's going to depend on some consistency of use as well. And it's going to depend yeah. on how you take care of yourself as on top of using CBD. And it's finding the right dosage, correct? Yes. So there's the reason we chose a thousand milligrams in the bottle. If, if you, if you do the math on that, it's 33 milligrams per serving. 33 milligrams is important because from what Dr. Matt Walker did on his meta-analysis, and I use him cause he's the senior foremost expert on sleep in the world here, in my opinion, but you notice that 25 milligrams of CBD was the cutoff of what is effective and not. You take even less than 25 milligrams of CBD for sleep. It, Research shows that it doesn't do anything. It's counterproductive. So we don't want to do that. And then for anxiety, the minimum dose that I've found to help with anxiety is 30 milligrams. 
So with that 33 milligram, we'll cover both of those. And with both of those things in particular, they run different levels. They'll do a really low dose. They'll do a medium dose. They'll do a really high dose. What most of the time with CBD, except for anxiety, but most of the time with CBD, the higher you go in dose, it doesn't really make it any better. So if you took 25 milligrams of CBD for sleep versus taking 200 milligrams of CBD per sleep, you're going to get the same sleep. You know, okay. if you're just wasting your money a little bit on doses. But for anxiety, more you take the word from what you know research has shown anyway. So it's I chose the 32 milligram dose because I felt that it would cover both of those. You just start off taking one dropper. You could always increase it as needed, but you start off taking one dropper, you're getting that that range of CBD between sleep and the mood, which I feel is important for those things. The inflammation can be covered by a range of doses. The inflammation is actually more important to take consistently, like you said. Most people are not taking any kind of cannabinoid, and your your endocannabinoid system is dormant. It lays very, very unused and still until you start to stimulate it, which is another interesting thing that happens. But you need to start taking it every day. And uh, I always tell people, take it for at least two weeks. We have a 30-day, not trying to make a sales pitch here. No, I want you to make a sales pitch. Go for it. I know firemen hate sales pitch. Yeah, I know. But but the reason we do a 30-day money back guarantee thing is because I say, hey, look, take it for two weeks, but just use the whole bottle. Get through the whole bottle if you don't like it or it didn't work out for you. Send it back or get a refund. And stack, I can tell you, in two years, I can count on one hand if you cut off three fingers. How many times I've had to give a refund because people said that it was ineffective or they didn't like it. Yep. I'm not smart, but I'm not smart, but that's not many times. No, man, it's been a great run because I, at the risk of sounding arrogant, we make a hell of a product and we care about it and we care about the people we're trying to give it to. I think that's the most important thing. We're not like businessmen and businesswomen. We're just, we're first responders and my sister can, (laughs) and we just, we really care about what we do and we're trying to help them. Perfect. I think that's for that part of the discussion, that's probably a perfect spot to end unless you have something you want to add about the CBD in the business. Oh, I think I've, I think I've, uh, I've talked enough on that. Yeah, no, we can, yeah, let's move on. So I don't know if you've listened to the podcast and again, yeah. all right. So you know what I ask people at the end of every show, I'm going to ask you about an everyday carry because of, I call the show, the things we all carry based on a book by Tim O'Brien was called the things they carried and the things they carried was a short story novella based setting in Vietnam. And it was about soldiers going into war and the scars they brought out of war. And the same thing for firefighters. We bring shit out of a fire. We bring shit out of, we, we carry these things out of calls. So what's something that is an everyday carry for you? Honestly, the thing that I wake up thinking about and go to sleep thinking about is it really is making sure that I'm not costing anybody their job. It's something that it weighs on me endlessly. It, I think it has to be that way. It does cause, you know, a lot of stress to make this thing the way that I have to make it, but it's a fear of mine that I will always have. And I believe that I should have, I don't want anybody listening to this to think that I don't believe in my product. I want everybody to listen to this thinking, to think that it's a healthy fear. I'm never going to just wing it and just say, yeah, this is fine. I'm always going to be skeptical. I'm always going to be fearful that what I'm producing could potentially cause somebody to to lose their job if I don't make it correctly. And because of that, I'm always going to make it correctly when I have a lot of confidence in that. And I'm always going to obsess over it. And I'm going to believe that it's guilty until proven innocent kind of thing. You know what I mean? I want to see three damn lab tests before I ship this thing out the door. 
Otherwise it's garbage. It's either perfect or it's garbage. And again, like at the risk of sounding salesy, it's just, that's my base fear. Let's talk about a book you would recommend somebody. Ooh, right now. So I'm like a history nerd in war history. I would say it's between the two. Can I do two? Yeah, go for it. I'm right between two. So one of them is George Washington's uh, biography. And it's the dude who did, it's in Ron Chernow. He did the book Hamilton, which got made into the play. Yes. Yeah. George Washington's biography is amazing. And then there's another one, Atomic Habits. And that book is Washington's one, obviously, because that just plays to my personality. I love it. But Atomic Habits, I believe that's a life-changing book. Such, It's such a cool book because he calls it Atomic Habits because it's really tiny things that you can do that will turn into really big things with our habits and our habits are who we are. So it, uh, anybody that wants to be a morning person or is trying to quit cigarettes or like doing the stuff, it all comes down to what we choose to do habitually. And he like has this entire book on the brain, why habits get formed, how to break them and how to reform new habits and good habits. And it's basically, a, you know, by the time you're done with the book, you realize that this is a book on reinventing yourself. You know, you think it's like somebody trying to say, ah, I want to wake up earlier. But the first thing he tries to teach you is that you are not trying to wake up earlier. You're trying to become a new person. You're trying to become a morning person. And those are two different things. You're not trying to quit cigarettes. You're trying to become somebody who's not a smoker. And those are two different things. And it's really cool. So when he talks about the science of the brain, how it works and like how the reward system works, you, you like, you just get really into the book and you dive in about how, uh, how to change your persona for the better. And I think that's fascinating, man. It was probably one of the best books I've ever read. Excellent. I'm going to link all those into the show notes and Thanks. people have I'll also link in Matthew Walker's book, the why we sleep. Oh yeah. Cause book. I think it's a fantastic book and he's a very interesting dude. If people can find a podcast either on, I believe I heard him on Rogan, but as you said, he was on Huberman lab as well. So. The Rogan podcast, he talked a lot of similar stuff. So either one, really good. I loved both of them. I recommend both. But the, uh, if you read Why We Sleep, don't get, it's almost like a scare tactic for first responders. It is. You're like, man, I'm doomed. But he talks about that on both of those podcasts where he's like, he's like, hey, I wasn't trying to scare anybody. And I kind of want to wake it, not to be punny, but try to wake everybody up. You need to shock the culture into seeing how important this is. So. Well, and to add on to the Matthew Walker book, when I talked to James Gearing the other day, his book that he recommended was Lifetime and it's by Russell Foster and, and it's a new one on sleep and I haven't gotten into it yet, but I've just downloaded it. So I need to start reading that one too. So I think they're all great cool. reads for first responders. Yeah. I've been a fan of James for a while. I've followed his page behind the shield before I ever started this business. That guy seems like a great dude. I love what he's doing. Shout out to James. Yeah, he's only like a short eight-hour drive from you, so why not? Yeah, <laughs> he isn't far yet, no. Yeah. All right, man. Excellent. This has been great. I appreciate the time you took, and hope to get this out in the next couple of weeks, and we'll see what we'll see where it goes, man. I appreciate the time you spent. Likewise, man. It's always great to talk about this. I said it a million times. I always feel like I'm a black sheep, but whenever anybody wants to talk, it just it means a lot. I appreciate. You're it. no more black sheep than I am. So we're in good company. We got good company going. All right, okay. man. I appreciate. It. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and uh, we're out. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Things We All Carry. Head over to the website, thethingsweallcarry.com, for show notes, resources, and to sign up for the newsletter. Until next week, take care of yourselves and remember to check in on each other.